Welcome to episode 270 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by my historically inaccurate co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. Uh, This week, we're coming at you with a special holiday edition of the cast in which we celebrate um, America's greatest triumph and one of its greatest battles ever. That is... Armistice Day. No, I was going to say that we beat Divinity Original Sin 2, but that also could work. That, that, that was the armistice. That was. We said, no more fighting. <laughs> give me give me that green tea. We rode. And we'll end this. We rode into battle. And boy, did we beat it bef- quicker than we thought. What was the, <laughs> yep. What was the armistice flower? It was, it's not Edelweiss, right? I have no Or is it clue. poppies? Let me see. There's a flower that represents armistice. Ooh. Let me look it up. Oh, the oh right, yeah, okay. I didn't understand what you said at first. It might be pop. No, poppies is for like Memorial Day, right? That's for uh, remembrance veterans. poppy. That's for yeah. That's yeah. for Veterans Day. Um. Well, it's what you come to the show for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. while his, anyways, I was gonna say while I was looking up that, I was gonna let you know where we're coming at you from, and it's a very special place we hold near and dear to our heart. We're at the Gettysburg Address. Address. Um, we found it on the map, um, and we just started to visit here because everybody's been talking about the Gettysburg Address, and I think you mean the Gettysburg. The Get- Gettysburg. The Gettysburg Address. <clears throat> we have different places. They say. In the movie, I feel like it's the Gettysburg address. Yeah, so so we're here. We're gonna check out what uh, historical clues we can find. Maybe we can do a little Nicholas Cage stuff, and uh, and maybe find the treasure map on the back of a I don't know. Fucking we should have watched National Bingo Treasure. Card. That would have been a lot better. It <laughs> yeah. would have been a lot better choice of Fourth of July movie. Yeah, <laughs> this was. Uh, I got. I was sad at the end. I I laughed like he was sad. twice in this comedy. Uh, I was so numb at the time uh, when I, this movie ended. I chuckled I, I a lot. Much of anything. I'm sorry to say. Oh my god! I was gig- I was giggling. There I was a giggly boy. Like at the jokes they were making, or at, at kind the of fact that kind of. There were existed. like one or two things that I was like, "Ah, that's pretty good." I can't remember that. <laughs> I man, I yeah, I don't know. I I knew this movie was gonna be like iffy. If you like Jiffy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what we learned from this is that the other writer of Archer is really responsible for that shit's yeah. success. <laughs> was it the writers for Archer too? I mean the director Because they I definitely had the CG team. Well, this looked more like Venture. Yeah, this was weird. This didn't look like Archer. I thought I, I I thought it looked similar to Archer, but I don't think this was um, you know, just the same. Matt Thompson. Okay, Matt Thompson is what directed this movie. I think he also may have wrote it. Um, let me just look up the the credits here. Mm-hmm. For America, the motion picture. If you haven't guessed it yet, directed by Matt Thompson, written by Dave Callahan. What did he write? Oh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Wow. No wonder this shit didn't make sense. <laughs> He's also writing Shang-Chi and the Legend oh, of the Ten God. Rings. And you're hoping oh. for that movie to be good. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got bad news for you. 
That's unfortunate. He also wrote Mortal Kombat and Zombieland Double Tap. He must have been on a team of writers. For He's just one of those guys. That. He's like, yeah, I, I write movies. I write all the movies. Writing a bunch of... I wonder if he wrote any of the ones on this week's Trey Watch. Um, I don't know. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> Who knows? Well, if he um, did, he should be put which... in jail for Don't Breathe 2. Uh, because <laughs> trying to get us... He should, he should commit Don't Breathe. He should commit Don't Breathe... Operation Stop Breathing, because that that shit's a travesty. Trying to make us feel emotions for a man who tried to rape a woman with a turkey baser full of his own yeah, um, juices. In one of the yeah, in one of the most bizarre moves in in cinema sequel franchise planning that I've seen. One of the one of the more baffling moves where they're like, remember the totally ear like unredeemable villain of don't breathe the one that did uh, a thing so heinous that it got um spoil uh, like outside backlash outside the people who watched the movie it got that moral outrage yeah and then they decided we're gonna make him the empathy center for the second one we're gonna make him the sympathetic character i think what they saw was the shifting political tides. You know, we have a disabled character. He's blind. We can make him a Liam Neeson-style action star. We'll just remake Taken. But the guy's blind now. See, now, they could... It's, they were making a villain into trying to be a good guy, but, like, why don't we just... How about we just, instead of this... We should have intercepted them. We need our. We need to get our time machine back. Intercept them and say, "Wait, wait! You're making a scary action movie about a blind guy. Just make another Daredevil movie, please." <laughs> I. I heard time like, stuff and blind, and I was like, "A blind Terminator? Why?" <laughs> Can we sonar? Wait, All right. <laughs> you know, Marvel Man, Kurt Marvel Man. I need to ask you this question. Marvel has, Man. has Daredevil ever fought the symbiote? Um, yes, he was in Maximum Carnage. Okay. Along with half of all of Marvel's characters. Because <laughs> that would be a fucking, that would be a great movie. Because, like, the symbiote is, like, weak to sound, or it's sensitive about sound, and Daredevil needs sound to, like, mm-hmm. adequately use his, his skill set. There's a natural connection there. That would be it. Yeah. Why uh, can we just have that instead of this? No. Like, I mean, you must feel things. N- yeah, probably not because Sony owns Damn it, uh, Sony. the Spider-Man license and uh, Marvel owns the Daredevil license. And you're, you will so they'd have to come together like they did with Spider-Man. You will understand mm. this man's motivations for Turkey Baser rape. <laughs> I would. <laughs> They're forcing. I would to. call that movie. If we uh, if they ever did that be, movie, I would call they it. They need to have a turkey. So wait, if this is a prequel, okay. is there going to be a scene where he fucking jerks off into a jar to freeze to later film? <laughs> you have to set it up in the second movie. Is there's going to be a scene of him like? Pre- is there going to be a separate scene of him at a Walmart buying a turkey? Baser? He's going to be preparing no, Thanksgiving it's... dinner. This <laughs> is using the turkey base. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just going to be ah. Same one. Didn't even clean it. No, like, oh, God. Like, 
the movie's over. He's lost everything. He's like, I've, I have nothing left except. And the last scene, it cuts to him in front of like a sperm bank with his turkey baster. <laughs> I'm getting you back. No, I, I think I, I do think if we did a Daredevil Venom crossover, I think it would have to be called Daredevil Ear Infection. <laughs> and this is why Peter is not working in the marketing department of any major movie studio. <laughs> it's my new comic run, everybody. Who's, is Daredevil's um? Who's Daredevil's uh, uh, nemesis? I would Kingpin. say Bullseye, Bullseye probably. Yeah. Huh? I thought it'd be Tinnitus. Be Kingpin Bullseye, yeah. It'd be Tinnitus. Tinnitus. All ten of them. Shang-Chi and the Tinnitus. Ear infection. <laughs> <laughs> there was that one villain in um, Batman Beyond, Shriek, right? Where he had the he had like the sonic gauntlets. Yeah. He was a sound engineer. Yeah, and then he that went was death because was, uh, his thing got overloaded. Yeah, that was a fun episode because there's one scene where he turns off the sound in like a factory, and Batman has to like not get crushed by machinery that he can't hear. It's a nifty, yeah. it's a nifty. Uh, watch him who's it's. A lot of Batman Beyond episodes were very nifty. It is a lot of they had a lot of freedom to do. Mm-hmm. I like when they were in the That's club and the dancing. DCAU. I'm a simple man. I see Batman Beyond Club dancing. I press like. Press it's right there in the intro. Yeah. Nothing better than Terry McGinn is um, showing off his moves. What if they did like? Oh, if you brought bat, if you brought back Batman Beyond as like a Black Mirror anthology, where like Batman's like he's in every episode, but it's like all these different kind of. Uh, separated episodes. I think that'd be a nifty idea. I'm I'm just brainstorming. Mm. I'm just spitballing here, boys. Spitballing just... like Snit... they were spitballing when they came up with the concept of jolt. I wish this was about the cola, the cola jolt, <laughs> and not not Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> I see yes, the comments and they're like, oh. Man, she's just as good as she was in Underworld, and I'm like, I I guess that's true. Oh God, yes. Yeah, you and I remember that movie differently. <laughs> oh, man, imagine being in Underworld. Yeah, there are a lot of people in this fucking comment section for this trailer that unironically want to see Underworld Six be made. Yes, I you don't. You know, coronavirus threatened to destroy a lot of lives in America, and sometimes I wonder if we were wrong to stop it. Wait, why did Oof. why did Jolt go away as a cola? I never had this. You never had Jolt th- Cola? Wasn't it just a sto- wasn't it just a specific store brand? All the no, sugar. No, it was it was just <laughs> Yeah, it was cola with extra. Oh my gosh, they have they have like a, like a fresh revamp site. The yeah, return. They're still, they're still making this. The original American energy drink, all the sugar twice the caffeine. You can get them at Dollar General, Casey's General Store, and Amazon. I'm gonna let's see how much a sixteen currently unavailable on Amazon. Casey's Damn. General Store. That literally just sounds like somebody's like just they decided <laughs> to be a business owner, just opened up a small little mom pop shop on Main Street, and this site lied to me. You know, it's not available on Amazon. While we're while we're on the topic of of sodas, 
Um, I need to, as as the resident Mountain Dew archivist mm. of the group, I need to pay pay attention to um, Mountain Dew Baja, which is now I think an HM slave, <laughs> because they used to just have Baja Blast in their move set, but now they have Baja Punch and Baja Flash. Yeah, yeah, they have the different like there's one's pineapple I think, and then one's mm-hmm. fruit punch or something like that. Yeah, it's all different Baja. Did you hear somebody was able to, like, recreate Baja Blast by mixing, like, half Gatorade and half, like, Blue Powerade, I think it is? Or did, what did I say? I did half, not hear that. Half what? Mountain Dew. What the fuck did I just say? Half, <laughs> you said half Gatorade, <laughs> half Blue Powerade. <laughs> I jumped the gun! I showed my hand too early. No, half Mountain Dew, half Blue Powerade. I'm sorry, because those are oftentimes in the same, like, fountain thing. So that, yeah, mm-hmm. because they're apparently I mean, that's all you do for like badge blast. Pepsi Tola, ba- sir, Baja. sir, is that Baja? Oh, that. Oh, I thought that was. Remember a two when liter. that shit was exclusively available? <laughs> no, there is a guy at, uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> huh? Remember when Baja Blast was exclusively available at yes. Taco Bell? I remember Sangria Blast too, which was somehow was even sugarier. Um, but no. Jake was commenting on my 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 bottle of, of peps, my morning peps. I'm sorry. Um, For so no, no, no. My mind enlarged that like an Ant-Man movie. Because there is a man in my camera, office who unironically drinks two liters of Coke. Like he has one just on his desk every day. And he will just, you'll just see him pulling on it. How, how old is he? Sometimes, if you don't mind. Um... He is like mid fifties and looks like Santa Claus. Dude. What is his teeth retention like? I don't know. I I work with one of those too. <laughs> I work with a Santa Claus looking mid fifties older gentleman who just drank too much soda. Comes in with twenty four packs of Diet Cokes and just plops them on his desk. And until his doctor I said, "24 packs." His, until his doctor said, "Bill, stop! You're gonna die." And he said, "Okay." Abetes. You're gonna die, abetes. Yeah, they were die. like, "Dude, your blood pressure's way too high, man. We're gonna have to cut, cut this back." So yeah, once again, is not about the soda, unfortunately. Yeah, we're using so. this as a as an ex- once again we're using this as an excuse to not talk about the trailer on Trey Watch. Because this is every one-word um, female action hero movie yeah. that is inevitably a food. Like, this was the same thing with salt, salt and chocolate milkshake and red velvet. Why is it always food? <laughs> chocolate milkshake, what? <laughs> or gunpowder milkshake, sorry. Gunpowder milkshake. Oh. And a sparrow. Is there a red velvet? I know there's a red <laughs> yeah. sparrow. Oh, was it Red Sparrow? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm just making things up. I mean, up. There, there's probably one called Red Velvet. I mean, they've made a million and a half of these. Yeah. Uh, Atomic Blonde, Lucy. Take your fucking pick. Um, it looks really bad. Uh, people are comparing it to Crank, but those people have obviously never seen Crank yeah. because this has nothing... This plot does not resemble Cranks in any meaningful way. It's, it's not about, like, electroshock therapy or something like that? Gives her, well, she, she gets electroshock therapy, and then because she has anger management issues, and that which in movie world means uh, action hero. He has she has intermittent action hero syndrome, mm. where you know she'll just 
She gets the urge, and then, oh, I'm in a chase scene now. And the action looks awful. Like, really bad. Like, there are scenes where the fucking stuntmen are just standing still. Yeah. And they put those in the trailer. That's that's supposed to sell you on the movie. So I, I, I shudder to think what the rest of this fucking shit looks like. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look the best. Um just like I mean actually I don't know. I don't know I haven't made up my mind on how I feel about Beckett. It's a Netflix original movie starring John David Washington, who I don't really think is a good action star. Um mm-hmm. And and uh, basically the Fugitive International, I guess I would call this movie. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. It looks all right, but uh, I've never seen a Netflix movie that was just all right. They are either like Roma and nominated for Academy Awards, or like every other Netflix movie, <laughs> just completely trash. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Netflix has been really putting out some shitters lately. I feel like I feel like there hasn't been a Netflix movie that I was like, "Yes, give me that." Yeah, I feel like their best their best shot or their most popular stuff have been their their animated series. Mm-hmm. Like, because they they did Voltron, which we liked. They did Shira, which was I thought was fine and has rave reviews from across the web well um, the lesbian community for sure and um i see kurt <laughs> laughing because because his lady loved that show um oh, yeah, that's yeah. right sorry sorry i had to find out like this girl <laughs> it's like well, ross geller uh, she at least claims to be bi so um is that a millennial thing because case. my my old roommate did the same thing claims to be bi I think it's just a quirky girl thing. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. This Mike. <laughs> she picked a side. That's all I'm saying. She... <laughs> and I was going to say, and the He-Man show, which is coming out and people are very excited about. Especially the gays. <laughs> <laughs> She-Ra for the lesbians. He-Man for the gays. I mean, you got to be inclusive, Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh um, man! But yeah, Beckett. It's you know John David Washington. He's vacationing in Greece. Um, he's with this girl, but then he wakes up and she's gone. And the cops like, no one's lived in that house for forty years. <laughs> and uh, it's a conspiracy. They don't reveal much in the trailer, which is good. Builds intrigue. You shouldn't give everything away in the trailer. Um, like you didn't. Don't breathe too. <laughs> Of the whole movie in the fucking trailer. Um, uh, if, if I remember that this is coming out and it pops up on Netflix, I'll probably give it a watch. It comes out, what, August 13th? Oh, Peter's mm-hmm. birthday. Happy Dang birthday, it. Peter. Don't go sharing that. Jake didn't even know. I asked him. I asked him a bunch of times and I tried to fucking intimidate him. Like, anything special happening that day? Anything, anything going down? He's like, oh, is it the studs anniversary? <laughs> I don't think you actually ever told me to. <laughs> to be fair, Peter never told me his birthday either. And you have a I Facebook. Just remember you it from Skype. Pop. That's right. 
I'm a very private man. <laughs> I'd have to like, I'd have to go through like LinkedIn or some shit to be like, oh, you won't find, you won't find it there, kid. Okay, all right. I have the I have the footprint Skype. of a curlia the on the place. internet. Oh, holy shit, Peter! Your birthday's on Friday the thirteenth this year. What? And everything's <laughs> coming out that wait, wait. that day. Wait, you mean it's all the same every year? <laughs> yes, that's my curse. It's always it's always Friday. When's your birthday? February twenty fourth. What year? Every year. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, let's do an all day thing. Yeah, there we go. Ah, all right, now it's in my calendar. Good. I'll just have to balance it out for Kurtz. <laughs> have to take his off the calendar. No. <laughs> no. One normally one Facebook out. is like, hey, just so you know, here's the birthdays for the next month. Make sure you tell them something. <laughs> This oh. person you haven't talked to in ten years—it's their birthday. Wish them a happy birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, you're um, September so- baby. I don't know what zodiac sign is that shit. I don't fucking Kristen's know. in September and she's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she is. She's she has one of them zodiacs. <laughs> I'm sure she's got one of the zodiac signs. <laughs> I can pretty confidently say that. Ah, uh, there you go. There goes Beckett. Um, Clifford, the big <laughs> red dog. Christ. No, oh God, we have to talk about this. I saw it's it about when the it... specter of communism <laughs> in small town America. <laughs> Dude, this Clifford. This, I okay. I it hasn't gotten as much like hate as like Sanic did when it first came out with this trailer. But I wonder if they were fishing for the same kind of reaction so they could be like, oh no, give us another more month and then we're going to go redesign it to something good. Maybe. I. Well, I mean, I think they just went with realistic dog rather than making it look like Clifford. It hurts yeah. my soul to see this animation. Y'all ever watch, y'all ever watch the PBS Clifford TV Only series? Only every fucking day. Damn fucking straight. Yes. This is this actually um, kind of looks almost like kind of like what that was, where it was just Clifford doing dog shit, <laughs> not not dog shit, but dog I don't things. Remember Clifford being less like rambunctious, yes, yeah, more mild mannered. He was he like, just was too like big his for adventures his... mainly revolved around him trying to help people, but messing mm-hmm. up because he's too large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. I remember the. What, the episode that comes to mind was the one where he just got, he had like an itch. So he had to run around town and like he was scratching himself on the fucking light poles and stuff. And they got like a fire truck with like ointment. Like it was fucking the end of evolution. <laughs> just sprayed that on his back. And it, the, the moral of the story was if it rash itches, don't scratch it. Because it'll get worse. Because it was that was those PBS shows. I I love them. That was like like Wait. as an evolutionary design trait. What the fuck is going on with that? Why why does why does our base instinct <laughs> exist to make it fucking worse? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like your instinctual reaction when something itches is to scratch it, but that just makes it worse. Like who the fuck came up with that design? Same people who decided, hey, let's throw an appendix that might try to kill them in the future. It's a gamble, but... Kurt, do you 
All right, Kurt, do you fucking remember Sagwa, the Siamese cat? Yes, I remember Sagwa. Damn straight. She's my best friend. <laughs> Sagwa, the Siamese cat? Jake, you weren't even with it. You don't even know what the fuck Dragon Tales. <laughs> you had cable, Jake. Peter and I had to rely on public television. I do you remember Dragon fucking, Tales, but I just never We were really watching watched Cyber Chase. That was my first introduction to Gilbert Gottfried is that fucking bird with the backwards cap. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd also yep. in that show. Uh, Between the Lions. Between the Lions. Uh, Cliffhanger and, and Smarty Pants. Mm-hmm. Um, Fucking. Yeah. It was a little at the end of my run, but um, Bark with Ruff Ruffman. Oh, Fetch with Ruff Ruffman. Yeah, Fetch with, with Ruff Ruffman. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good game show. That was towards the end of my run as well. That makes sense because we're roughly the same age. <laughs> so, Jake, you... You're not on our level. I'm not. Go back and watch it all. I missed Go back. It. I missed. I missed a big, a big portion. My childhood was deprived. Had... Go back and watch Archer. I mean, not Archer. Arthur. <laughs> I, Even the ones with Stephen Crowder in this episode, and it's going to be a really big meme in 15 years, dude. It that fucking blew my mind when I was looking shit up. I was like, oh no, this St- Stephen Crowder was the brain for a season of was for a couple really? seasons of Arthur. Yeah. I'm sure he probably made fun of the fact that the rat guy was a uh, came out as homosexual. What? Where are you going with this, Jake? No, didn't you know that the uh, Mr. Rapper? Who's who's the like the teacher? I did hear that. I did he like got that. married to another guy to on the show? Another aardvark boy yeah. or some shit? Yeah, the, rat he got, guy. He's gay. And like everybody got up in arms because they're like, "Oh, they're gonna make our kids flaming homosexuals <laughs> by showing a rat get married on TV." It's like, yeah, of course they won't. They promote fire safety on that show. <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna be normal homosexuals. Come on, we wouldn't do something so dangerous. What are you talking about? I feel like I feel like uh, Mr. Rapper and Captain Holt would go to the same the same part of the Pride March. Sure, they'd just be there like. Yes, we are handing out refreshments to I know all the I've marchers. Told this story Please, several times. Enjoy your lemonade. The show, but my kindergarten teacher was Mark Brown's sister, one of his sisters. Oh, nice. So he came to our kindergarten class. Mark Brown, for those of you who don't know, is the, the guy who wrote the books for Arthur. Oh, I, me, he, I didn't know that. He, he forged Arthur. He is the author of Arthur, which was a very tricky tongue twister for kindergarten kids that wrap their heads around. I can't enunciate my words yet. Uh, so that's Beckett. Love it. So that was Clifford. Oh, that was Clifford. <laughs> Beckett, you know, the giant. The PBS red Beckett, the big Beckett. red dog, you know? <laughs> He's going to go to New work. Yeah, I, and get some gobble ghoul. Yeah, I didn't know we needed an origin story for Clifford, but okay, I guess this is happening. <laughs> yeah, Clifford on the Sopranos. <laughs> so, uh, Michael Gandolfini, morning. James Gandolfini's son, is playing young Tan- Tony Soprano in uh, the Sopranos prequel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I heard um, about if this. You're, 
I didn't. The the fans of The Sopranos are excited about it. I I've never watched The Sopranos. All I know is Gabagool. Is, um, is there a trailer for it, or or just the announcement yes, that they're making? Yes, it? It, it's called The Many Saints of Newark. Oh, son and I of believe. Son of a bitch. I believe there's a tie-in game, maybe. A tie-in game. Maybe yes, because just... the last Sopranos video game was so good. <laughs> right. Um, let me see if I was just imagining that. I guess I was. Okay. It was. Um, it was that picture of John Bernthal in, in in the car looking out the window, and it looked like video game graphics to me. Nice. Oh shit! They're doing a they're doing a video game prequel. It's gonna be like a Telltale shit. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. I love it already. The accents are coming out. It's just like, hey, I'm on. Gabagool, get some Gabagool on you. Gabagool. Um, yeah, I mean, like, this. it looks good if you're a fan. Like, even if you're, like, it looks like a well-made movie. Even if you're not a fan of The Sopranos. I don't know how much you'll get out of it if you're not familiar with the show. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know. HBO Max is a thing. You can sign up for a free trial and mm-hmm. watch the show. Be disappointed by the ending, like a lot of people were. Yeah, I never watched The Sopranos, which is unfortunate because I feel like I would love I it. I feel like I should watch it, but at the same time, I feel like I've, I've kind of like missed my window to watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Game of Thrones. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to. You don't want to be that guy walking into work and be like, "Hey guys, if you, did you see that one episode of Sopranos?" <laughs> yeah, dude, we all fucking watched it when it aired. Yeah. Seen them all. Like it's never been easier for me to watch all of Game of Thrones. Yeah. But uh, who the hell am I going to talk to Game of, I'll about talk Game to of Thrones? And also the uh, the fucking. Um, the ending apparently. Uh makes the whole journey not worth it. You know, my it, man, so. you can just you can just end it. Just don't even watch like the last season. I heard season four is about where just wanna leave it. Um, I mean the second last season was okay. It was it was actually pretty dope. It was setting up the thing it was, it was just setting up something so awesome. And then it just said no i'm gonna yeah, stop the last book that he still hasn't written. i know yeah well that's the thing is that people were like oh he's uh the 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 liberties that the i'm trying to remember what their names were um because it was like co-directed it was like the two directors um the 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 inspirational or the uh creative influences that they have just were just not that aligned with what they thought he was going with the book. Um, but yeah, we won't see those mm. books for like 10 years. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see the last book. He's got no incentive to write it. He's already got a ton of well, money from the TV show. I know. Well, he got, like, doesn't he have like you know, apprentice writers or whoever who are like getting ready to fucking pick that shit up? Last I heard, uh, Winds of Winter was written uh, already. I think, I think he was writing them both at the same time. So, Winds of Winter is going to get done first with, like, editing and stuff like that. And then the, they're going to probably work on Song song of Spring. I don't remember what the spring one was, but it was, it was a spring thing. Spring fling. 
Spring Fling. Spring Fling. Game of Thrones, Spring Fling. Spring Cleaning. Where's the, yeah, where's the beach episode of Game of Thrones? <laughs> um, there's a couple beach episodes, technically. Where's the, where's the very special episode of Game of Thrones? They're Where they all, all come down with alcohol poisoning? The one called Red Wedding. The one colloquially known <laughs> as the Red Wedding. That was the, that was the mm-hmm. fun, the comedy special. <laughs> well, they did a bunch of crossovers from other shows. I mean, I I know what that one is. <laughs> Not surprised. I remember when that came out, and people were like, they were they're freaking out about that for like days. Yeah, that and the the Hodor one mm-hmm. uh, are the two that I I know of. Yep, hold the door. Uh, that's yeah. that's that's the Money Saints Newark, and uh, that's that's Trey Watch. Yeah. Moving on to the follow-up, looking at the, oh, weekend 26, halfway through the year already, yikes. Uh, June 27th, 25th through 27th, 2021. Opening in first with, I mean, it's a bigger opening than we've seen, but compared to what this probably would have made in a normal time frame, pretty weak. Uh, $70 million opening weekend for F9, The Fast Saga. It's its official title. It's so fast. What does F9 even do? Um, On your keyboard. I got a magnifying, I got a spyglass, a search, like a search thingy. Uh, It does nothing in the browser, at least. Let me see. What does F9 do? Restarts computer. What does um, greed do? <laughs> while it has no essential Windows function, F9 will refresh fields in Word and prompt Outlook to send and receive messages. F9. If you're running Mac OS X, you can open Mission Control by pressing the F9 key. Well, who would want to do that? Who's uh, running Mac OS? Keys? And how do I look up? How do I look up the um, the trends for this? For for a Google search, I have no idea. Why would you want to? Let me see. I'm, I want I want to see how much, like, what does the F nine key do? Peter, your curiosity knows no bounds. You're Michael from Vsauce. Vsauce, <laughs> just um, too dang curious. Past. Yeah, past 12 months. It's actually... <laughs> Wait, why does it just show California? Oh, there have been no search... There's For this for this phrase, what does F9 do? Um, there's only been like 100 searches max. That, that was anticlimactic. Oh, well. All right, well, there you go. Uh, but... What does F9 do at the box office? Well, as we said, it's $70 million strong in its opening weekend. That's just domestic. International, oh it's God. made $355 million. I forgot this was like um, a massive Most like, of that from China. Um, Although John Cena's uh, <laughs> Taiwan's a country yeah, slip up. This got released in like the Taiwan. The Chinese box office. This got released in like Taiwan like mad early. So a little bit earlier. So well, I wonder if it was are... in... It was in mainland China, but in an interview, John Cena made the mistake of saying that Taiwan is a country. Oh no, it wasn't which a mainland mistake. China does not like to hear. 
the fact that Taiwan is its own sovereign country. Oh no, that was that was John Cena actually being a uh, an activist, and he was trying to get get that word out that Taiwan, we 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 know we're coming for you. I'm gonna save you. Everyone except for China. Yo, acknowledges that Taiwan's. A we got to be careful. Our Chinese numbers might plummet. We don't have Chinese numbers. We're not beholden to them. <laughs> we can't piss off the Spaniards, though. <laughs> and to all of we'll our say Spaniard nothing listeners, about the Catalan situation. Me gusta esta tortuga. Thank you, Spaniards. Appreciate you. Love you. I mean, sure, we like their turtles just fine. <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I I've been taking Spanish, so mm-hmm. not seriously, but like. I've been living Spanish. Um, <laughs> Ricky's bad. Four hundred twenty-eight million dollars worldwide. It's got a sixty percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Somehow the critics' consensus is F Nine sends the franchise hurtling further over the top than ever. But director Justin Lin's knack for the preposterous. For preposterous set pieces, keeps the action humming. Uh, it's got an 83% audience score. IMDb was a little what, more kind, less kind. Which one was it? Uh, less kind. 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Which, is that worse than America, the motion picture? I do not know. It might be pretty fucking close. Um... America, the motion picture. I hate that I've had to Google this so many fucking times. 5.6. It is worsely rated on IMDb than America, the oh motion picture. How is that possible? Big oof. Big oof. <laughs> um, there's also some disingenuous advertising on the movie poster for America, but uh, we'll get to that at the appropriate time. But... As you all know, we can't trust professional reviewers. They've got agendas. They're they're on the take. They're getting paid. Mm-hmm. There's there's too many voices. You need people who also have too many voices, but the voices are inside their head, and they they compel them to write IMDb user reviews. And you know you need to hear it from the people what these movies are like. Yep. And boy howdy, do we have people here that are going to tell you what they think of this movie. And there's there's quite a spread. Um, so I'll begin here with Owen Fletch, 18780. F9, The Fast Saga, Town of 10. The best worst movie I've ever seen. Warning spoilers. My friend spat his water out when the truck flipped over. I got exactly what I was expecting. The Fast and Furious franchise has transitioned from racing movies to sci-fi action. The absolute audacity of these directors is outrageous. Do you guys remember when the goon gets hit with a steel billboard at 80 miles per hour and is completely unfazed? That's how to describe this movie. Also, I can't take Jacob seriously because John Cena is playing him. However, that just made me laugh harder. Also, the fact that they somehow... Make a working spaceship in five hours. I can't look away from this beautiful train wreck. 97 out of 170 found that helpful. So there's just... There's just too many to pick from. 
Just <clears throat> let's go with your heart, Jake. Because the one out of, one out of tens, man, they really uh, they really showed up the bat. They really came out of they the should. woodwork to just rip this movie apart. Um, I want to read a, a long one for the second one, so I'm just going to read a quick and short one that I, I like the title of, and it seems quick and easy. A lot of people were doing the uh, the the whole joke of neither fast nor furious, <laughs> fast and stupid. So <laughs> I think fast and stupid is what I'm going to read. One out of ten. My K Johnson says clearly written by a twelve year old. It's so stupid it made me laugh out loud by its incredibly and stupendous stunts. Dot dot dot. I mean magnets and a car in space. I'm not making it up, but my brain hurts just thinking about F9. Of course he's not making up magnets. Magnets? How do those work? If you're into senseless movies, then this is right up your street. It's too brain dead for me, so dot dot dot. I can't wholeheartedly recommended, recommend this movie. 127, 137 out of 274 found this helpful. Uh, you gotta have an IQ of at least 200, guys. See this movie. Um, too big brand and uh i think one of those people <laughs> might be namob 43673 with therefore out of 10 review a stupid movie for a stupid generation i think the movie can be summed up with in the following questions and answers is this the worst movie ever no is it entertaining well sort of is it any good no worth money to see no. Will fans like it? Probably not. I disagree with that one. The fans probably love this shit. Um, is it fun? Yeah, you will not be bored. Does it make sense? Not even a single scene. Entertaining? Yeah, mostly. Is it dumb? Yes. So, so <laughs> stupid. This is silly, dumb, badly written, make no sense whatsoever, and is so over-the-top ridiculous that your eyes will roll so much that they might pop out of your skull. Remember that jumping car from one skyscraper to another? Yeah, multiply that with nine and throw in some space flying cars and you have this movie. But on the other hand, it is kind of fun, kind of entertaining. It is goofy and silly in an over-the-top sort of way. In other words, if you can completely disconnect your brain for two hours and accept everything that goes on in this stupid movie, then you could perhaps maybe possibly like it. I give it a very, very generous 4 out of 10 because there is something liberating with this level of stupid. It is like watching the whole world suddenly put a diaper over their month and gladly accepting experimental drugs being injected into their kids, like this movie that will never happen. Oh, wait. Hold on. One out of, one out of 10 found that helpful. I need to know what the hell that bit at the end was about. <laughs> The next uh, one crazy might... soon with a K. Crazy with a K. Oh, that's how you know. It's very important. F9, the fast saga. 10 out of 10. F9, please keep making these films. Please. This could possibly be movie of the year. Boy, what a treat. It's full of action, and some of the one-liners are some of the best I've ever heard. The whole movie theater was laughing so hard. Tyrese really held it down. 
If you're looking for a sophisticated film, this isn't it. It's for action junkies and those of us who don't care how unrealistic the film can be most of the time. Vin and John Cena are awesome. I'm utterly shocked Vin hasn't won an Academy Award for his acting. He puts a lot of effort into his roles, and after Paul Walker passed away, he really stepped up his game. We still have a long ways to go this year, so movie of the year may have been a bit of a stretch. However, after you lay your eyes on this beautiful film, you will probably start thinking movie of the year. I'm glad The Rock isn't in it. He really ruined the chemistry with the cast. Maybe he'll be in the last two, but I definitely won't hold my breath. Anyways, please check out F9 before it leaves the movie theater, because unless you have an 80-inch at the house, you will not enjoy it as much. Zero out of four found that helpful. <laughs> Academy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that movie. Yeah, <laughs> this guy... This is the guy, and uh, for those of you at home that can't see through your headphones, Academy Award winner Vin Diesel from The Pacifier. In, uh, Craig Unleaded great... Premium himself. Yeah. He needs to win he awards. He looked a lot smaller back then. He does, actually. Like, I'm actually kind of like sad for him. Fucking got some better steroids, Old I guess. Bitch boy. Anyways. Um, okay. Let's go right to it. Uh, the fast. Remember when these movies were about stealing combo <laughs> DVD players? At this DVD point, no. DVDs. Sir, it's about space. It's only a legend. It's about space travel. They're taking a, they're taking a page from Interstellar. From the critically acclaimed reviewer, Feast Mode. <laughs> Did read his name before? That's a good one. Feast Mode says, 1 out of 10, RIP to a fun franchise. Dated June 25th, 2021. All right. No silly voice. This is a long shit one, so I'm going to fucking burn through this. I am a huge fan of this franchise, and I watched all nine movies again before F9. Here are my ratings for reference. Original, 8 out of 10. To, I'm, I, Shaw. I really honestly don't care too much about the, the ratings. He rates them all around 8, 7. He did not like, however, Tokyo Drift. Uh, he didn't like... That was a controversial one. Yeah. He didn't... Oh, he fucking hated Hobbs and Shaw and Furious 7. So, Hobbs and Shaw, he gave a 2 out of 10. Tokyo Drift, he gave a 3. And Furious 7, he gave a 4. Wow. Okay. And this, he gave a 1. In my review of Hobbs and Shaw, I said, I hope F9 doesn't continue with the madness introducing that movie. And in a way, it doesn't. There are no super soldiers. <laughs> and it doesn't switch... In a way, it doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't switch to the sci-fi genre, for the most part. But in another way, it continues exactly where Hobbs and Shaw left off. Completely ridiculous action that is not the least bit believable and disregards the most basic laws of physics. Wait, you mean to tell me that you can't pull down a helicopter by attaching a windchip? <laughs> yeah, this man is obviously delusional. And I could tell from the first action scene that I tried to be patient. But it got worse and worse. The series has always pushed me, pushed the limits, but they've lost all restraint and do whatever they want no matter how stupid i groaned and rolled my eyes so many times some parts were so dumb that i straight up closed my eyes for five seconds because i couldn't handle it and it's not just random things here and there it's the majority of the action a quote from hobbs and shaw review i always say the best action movie movies toe the line between well i think he meant to say like t-o-w but he said toe as in like you're 
your digits, your toe. Like a toe truck? Yeah, like, oh. No, like, like my, oh, it, my oh, put big toe. toe. Okay. No, but, no, I think toe the line is correct. Is it really? It's, it's, yes, because yeah, toe the like, line. You, yep. you're putting your toe on the line. You're oh. walking it oh, very My My tightly. sincerest apologies, Feast Mode. <laughs> I, uh, I was the one unaware. Uh, go on, Master, you were teaching me. I've always... <laughs> so he says... I always say the best action movies toe the line between improbable and impossible. To quote Joey from uh, from Friends, you're so past the line that you can't even see the line. The line is a dot to you. Laugh my ass off. On top of that, none of it is good. Even this, if you suspend disbelief, nothing is about nothing about the action is impressive. Not one scene wowed me or gave me goosebumps. Even the fight scenes are crap. And at one point, I stopped caring about all the action, and this is coming from an action junkie. By comparison, F8 had multiple beastly action scenes that had my jaw dropped. Aside from the action, this movie just isn't good. The story is useless. They tried to have character moments, but they didn't work for me, which is odd because I'm already invested in all these characters. Most of the comedy doesn't work, and some of it is done at the expense of realism. They do something that makes no sense so they can joke about it. My other biggest gripe, rewriting history. Apparently the trailers spoiled this, which is why I don't watch trailers, but they are pooping on their own franchise by changing past events. And you can argue that the franchise has done this before, but it is more adding on to the story. Whereas with this movie, it really feels like they're are pulling stuff out of their butts. Did I mention it's really dumb? unfathomably dumb you know the overused phrase i could feel myself getting dumber i really really could i found myself mouth breathing with my eyelids half shut <laughs> what a waste of charlie's theron i was so happy she survived f8 she's a beast of an actress furiosa <laughs> and i liked her villain but she was literally in a box the majority of the movie also the rock has been a staple of the franchise why is he not in this movie instead we get john cena sigh wrecking my brain trying to come up with a positive all i got is the musical score or at least one track was awesome they played it during the end credits my entire theater clapped when it finished people are stupid but that means we'll probably get another one hopefully they can write the ship but I don't have much confidence in that happening. There is so much more I can talk about. I can't remember it all, but I'm sad and disappointed. My wait for the good post-pandemic movies continues. So far, I can think of one, A Quiet Place, two, and that's out of like 15 to 20 movies I've seen. One viewing on 6-24-2021. Four out of ten found that helpful. All right, that was beautiful. Thank you. I think you said you you get the coherent review this time because I was I was debating going between one that was um, Heos TX's like one fifty six out of three hundred nine, very nice, very well, Ooh. helpful review. That's like okay, yeah, it's bad, but now I'm gonna go with this one instead, which is which I'm much happier about. Um, Mark Thomas in tech, uh, way to be anonymous online, kid. Uh, 6 out of 10 review. Ludicrous. Review! Fast and the Furious 9. F9. UK release date 24 June 21. Where's Waldo and Harry Potter land? Yoda. A puppet with a hand up its ass. Yup, jokes included, or what are meant to be jokes, in the ninth installment. 
impossible stunts, action sequences, which remind me of Mission Impossible, a family fight for two brothers who hate each other because of the death of their father. One a spy and the other an unofficial spy go head to head to get a mysterious piece of technology. Now I must explain, I've never watched a Fast and Furious film before, so I don't really know who the returning character is who was blown up in a previous film, but this is somehow explained. Okay, definitely watchable. Stunts, action, and even story. But being ninth and being new to this series of films, all I can say is yes, go and see if you are familiar with the other eight. But if you're new to this like I am, expect not to know any backstory. I will just say one thing here, though, which did have me rolling my eyes and saying, Oh, Conan, this was the sequence with the electromagnet in the red car. Why didn't you do it the same to the others, and how can she suddenly drive? Then suddenly the film turns silly. Why? A car in space? Taking it just that little too far. Need I say more? Suspend any disbelief and just enjoy this silly taking-too-far film for what it is. A car in space for what it is. It's just ludicrous. F10, the team versus Thanos. Rating 6 out of 10. Zero out of 3 found that helpful. And yes, that was my best... English accent I like that. from the from the 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 un, south of the border continent of England. It sounds like a impression of my impression of Conan O'Brien's impression of John Lennon. <laughs> that was definitely not my worst Australian accent. That was, oh. good. that was full of whimsy. I like that. Do that more often. I mean, it it, it punched up the review, certainly. Sure, but, sure. Uh, I don't know if we need to make it a staple of the show. It'll be a returning character. Maybe just a soundboard. Every ride. Don't tempt me, Jake. Gonna do the soundboard. All right, so that's fast. F9, the fast saga. Um, A Quiet Place Part 2, hanging out in the number two spot, $6.1 million, leaving theaters at a pretty good clip. Uh, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard drops two spaces down to $4.851 million, down 57% week over week. Oof. Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Um... It slides down to fourth, down 21.5%. Out of 15 theaters, 4.7 million. Corella stays in number five, $3.8 million. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, slides down to number six, minus 40%. $2.92 million. It's made $162 million worldwide. In the Heights, down another spot, down another 46.9% out of 1,000 theaters. Yikes. So it made $31 million worldwide. That's on pace to maybe lose money. Uh, Spirit Untamed. That's in theaters still. Mm. It's only been in theaters for four weeks. I don't believe that. Uh, $1.08 million down 30.7%. Nobody inexplicably sees a surge into the top 10 up from number 22 Holy shit. to number 9. A three 3,600% increase what? week over week, despite being out of 192 theaters. What the fuck? Uh, last hurrah for nobody, I guess. Um, look at that. What is? Look at that average. Yeah. 
It's uh, trails only uh, Le Circle Rouge and F9 for highest per theater average. Um, and running out the top 10, 12 Mighty Orphans who with their powers combined <laughs> will fight Lord Zed. Um, $555,000 down 38.5%. Werewolves Within? <laughs> What's this movie? Feature adaptation of the video game where werewolves attack a small town. Oh, that sounds great. That'll be good. All right, let's see where our buddies are, if they're still out there. Uh, bup, bup, bum. Be alive. Be alive. Crudes, where you at? Where you at, Crudes? Crudes, 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 no, Crudes. Wait, what? I can't. We lost the war of Grandpa. We can't lose I you, too. I can't do this. Alright, here. Let's, let's filter by weeks. It's gone. It's gone. It's just gone. She's dead, it's Jim. Gone. The longest reigning movie is Ryan the Last Dragon. Ugh. 17 weeks. Whoops. Well, it's the end of an era, honestly. Truly. War with Grandpa and Crudes. It's, it's over, guys. The pandemic films that tried so hard and got so far, but in the end... Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> Pouring out. <laughs> For our homies. All right. Uh, gaming news. There's not a lot of gaming news. Uh, EVGA is entering the motherboard game. Uh, known manufacturers of power supplies or at least they've slapped their name on power supplies um and graphics cards they're now entering the motherboard race with a overclocking focused x570 board called the evga x570 dark um they've released a nine second or ten second uh clip titled a new darkness is coming where it's just the word dark and then the Ryzen logo behind it and then their logo. So, no deets no, no to deets. be had. Uh, EA claims it's not planning in-game video ads following a report that they were planning such a thing. Uh, knowing that's EA, I don't trust their word at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, EA says it has no intention of putting TV ads in console games following a news report about a deal with an ad tech company. Update. According to an Axios report, EA recently struck a deal with an in-game advertising system called Player One, W-O-N, which is said to bring video ad tech to console and PC games. EA says that's not true. The company tells PC Gamer that it isn't putting ads in console games and it hasn't recently made any deal to do so. Translation. They're going to wait till people forget about the story. They're yes. going to put ads in console games. Those bastards. Um, so get ready for the future of gaming. Well, you know what? If it cuts down on microtransactions, I think I'm willing to pay that price. Then we can just get ad blockers. Yeah, head blocker for a console. Mods. Mods. Starting next month, Nexus Mods will no longer let modders delete their mod files, um, which is an effort to strengthen the new Nexus Mods collections feature. Files will only be archived and hidden, not deleted. 
Yeah, how can so, we how can we mine your mods for our own game ideas if you have to delete them after a while? Well, I mean, Nexus Mods is a community-run site. Oh, very nice. I'm actually a uh, a member of Nexus Mods. I have not Ooh. added is anything because this... I I don't software develop, but I I I paid my money to support the site because I Do use it a lot. Do you think this is a good idea? Like to me, it still reeks of like. I mean, it right doesn't to be forgotten. It seems kind of weird. Like I, it's it's totally self motivated on their end because they're pushing this new collections feature, where you can like build a group of mods that you can like bundle download. To, yeah, bundle download and install. Um, so if if a modder goes to delete said mod, it might screw with things. So I mean, it, I don't think functionally it's going to make any difference. Um, shit's on the internet forever. If you really want to find something mm -hmm. that's been deleted, chances are someone has it installed on their machine and can re-upload it to a, another hosting site. So it doesn't really feel like anything particular. Like the the it's it's much ado about nothing. I feel. Mm -hmm. Um. But that's that's coming up. So, oh, possibly the most important gaming news is uh, the most important update in Windows 11 is emoji with sunglasses, and I heart it. The new Windows 11 emoji keyboard is <laughs> fire emoji. Fuck it. Oh, is this like when um, which which was which new MacBook right had that fucking row of emojis yeah. on it? Yeah, but screen. I think it's just there's an emoji oh, the touch bar. Yeah, I yeah. think I think this, this might be an app in the in the Windows 11, but but it's got emojis on it, guys. Come on. I the tacky part of me wants like a five foot tall monolithic emoji wall where one key is individually bound to every emoji in Unicode, <laughs> and you just it's like a giant fucking soundboard, and you go. And, and puts the fucking poop emoji on your fucking text. It has no other purpose, but it's five Patrick feet tall gets and a, it weighs gets a twenty. It weighs hundred pounds. Endorsement check. Um, uh, who is this? So if you have sixty nine dollars and not a lot of cents, uh, and are in the market for a new gaming house, consider nice. the uh, Marsback. Zephyr Pro RGB sweatproof gaming mouse with built-in fan. Sweatproof right. gaming mouse. Uh, Marsback Zephyr Pro has a built-in RGB fan with stronger oh. cooling blast, with a stronger cooling blast directly into your palm. Less buzzing noises and higher resolution. That's not how that works. The faster the fan spins, the more noisy it is. <laughs> You know, uh, I could Zephyr see this Pro being can helpful. effectively evaporate sweat. I mean, if you are someone who gets really sweaty hands, yeah, what is it called? You play a lot of PC games. Hydro the Zephyr Pro. Here, it's I got not... the link. It looks it looks yeah. boring as far as mice go. Uh, I like, you have hyperhidrosis. Yeah, it's, it's not like mm -hmm. look. It's 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 not a bad looking mouse. Like there are there are certainly worse things. That you can buy um i don't know they don't they don't list any information about the sensor 
which makes me okay. All right, a pixel art three three eight nine sensor. That's not one I'm super familiar with. It's not one of the like sensors that you typically see in a high end gaming mouse. Uh, it does use Omron switches for the mouse buttons, which is good. Um, it's very light. It's only sixty nine grams, um, which has no adjustable weight either. So if you're someone who prefers a heavier mouse, um, just tape right. a couple pennies to it. I, I prefer that my mouse looks like a mech and or a Finnish sniper rifle. <laughs> this fucking mad cats. Check it out. Like oh each, So if you go in here, each of the different um, options on here is a different type of mouse, and they all look fucking ridiculous. Oh, this is a, that that right there. That's a design language that was very, very popular amongst a lot of different mouse manufacturers for a while. Uh, LG stills everywhere. Yo, I fucking mouses. hate that they call it a rat. Rat. <laughs> I like mouse. it has it's fucking it has fucking fine adjustment knobs. Yeah. I love it. It's a got a fucking weight. micro. It's a micrometer on there. <laughs> I would suggest if you're in the market for a gaming mouse, a Logitech G502, or I think I have what I have. I have a four or three. I like this mouse a lot. Uh, Steel Series uh, Rival Three. Also a good mouse. These are also a lot less expensive than the uh, Zephyr Pro and some of these other higher-end mouses. If um, I would have to uh, recommend Razer Death Adder is a good mouse also. Check out this like the... stock HP wireless mouse that came with my dad's uh, all-in-one. Huh? <laughs> yep. It's I like. Wireless. I also like the ones that look like um, sea slugs. That look, they just have the profile of a sea snail. Well, those are ergonomic mouses. They're, those are a different category entirely. It comes in um, discreet packaging, too, just so you know, so you don't get made fun of or your neighbors aren't like, ooh, what mm -hmm. are you getting? <laughs> I, I don't understand. This one looks like an oven mitt. I mean, I guess <laughs> I guess that's a more ergonomic shape, but I, I would find that difficult to use personally. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I could probably get used to it. Uh, maybe. I mean, it eventually you get used to it. But I don't know. I don't. I. What if they made a mouse where all the buttons were like on the underside, so you had to hold the mouse like a knuckleball? <laughs> you get your hand over it like a fucking throttle switch. Well, this there is was how you hold up. There was somebody I, who made a, a spherical here. keyboard, which I thought was pretty cool. So you hold Ooh. a knuckleball like this. Okay. That's how you throw a knuckleball. Not anymore. Cool. Not that now that they got rid of uh, foreign substances. A knuckleball wouldn't help with foreign. Uh, <laughs> it's foreign substances would make a knuckleball worse. I don't yeah. know anything about because baseball. It would actually, give it spin. <laughs> I don't know anything about baseball. I just know they got rid of foreign oh. substances and they've been cracking down on it and people are mad. It's because of spider tack. So okay. Sidebar from gaming. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> IRL game? gaming news. IRL so, so a base major league baseball you owns Rawlings, and the baseballs they make are kind of slippery when they're brand new. So what they do to combat that is at the beginning of the game they rub them down with mud. They're a very high tech solution to this problem. Uh, but the mud dries out and the ball gets really dusty. And it's difficult to grip. So you, as a pitcher. 
you don't have as good control over where the ball is going and your uh well spin rate's a different thing that's kind of at the heart of the issue so for everyone this is not a new issue in baseball this has been happening for hundreds of years as long as the baseball has been around people have been putting shit on the ball to get better grip and and make it do crazy shit um spitballing has been outlawed people pitchers used to like scuff scuff the ball with the like hook of their belt um Mm -hmm. to get it to (laughs) dance around a little better fucking apple yeah. The the issue now is that we now have the technology to track how the increase in spin rate on balls and chemists have developed better sticky shit. So spider tack is something that <laughs> is used in weightlifting to um, lift this fucking really I, heavy, smooth stone. I've seen it. It's fucking crazy. And it's infiltrated baseball a little bit and offense was down not just because of the sticky stuff so the whole reason this is even an issue is because major league baseball fucked with the baseball again and they deadened it so offense was at like historically bad levels across major league baseball so they're like oh well we're just gonna crack down on the sticky shit after telling players all season we're not gonna change the rules on foreign substances just keep doing what you're doing we're collecting data uh, they spring this shit in the middle of the season um, to make players hate each other because there's a labor negotiation coming up and there's probably going to be a very long, nasty labor strike. Um, so I guess like umpires are like not given the tools to call out what's considered well, the, you know, the, the, illegal the thing or is, not. Yeah, so like rosin and sunscreen, which is a popular combination to get a better grip on the ball does not meaningfully impact your spin rate. But an umpire, without like sending it out to a lab, is not going to be able to tell the difference between one sticky substance versus another. So they unilaterally banned everything. Um, and yeah, no. they check them on the field for stuff, and it's it's been a bad look for baseball. I saw a guy who like used, um, well, he just had resin and rosin and sweat like just the stuff that's legal like they allow like just the sweat from his hands and rosin and he could like have the ball actually stick to his hands yeah like, so and they're, like they're rosin is great up. rosin is what they provide to you yeah. um as a former pitcher I'm, I'm very familiar with how all this shit works um and rosin's great during a, a hot day where you're getting kind of sweaty and it'll mix in with your sweat and you'll get some nice tack on the ball However, when it's colder, or if it's like a night game, it doesn't do shit to help you grip the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good solution. And a lot of people have suggested uh, in Japan, the NPB uh, like treats the baseball with a proprietary mixture. So it's nice and tacky from the start. People have suggested going to that baseball pitchers have been like major league baseball talk to us we'll agree on a universal substance just don't fucking make everyone go cold turkey because people are getting hurt now because they have to grip the ball differently and they haven't been conditioned to throw the ball that way so tyler glass now who is the uh number one starter for the tampa bay rays tore his ucl um because he had the fucking grip his pitches a lot harder and they put a lot of strain on his forearm and his UCL, which is the same injury I have, um, 
and now he's maybe gonna need Tommy John surgery, which would mean an 18 month rehab. Mm. Uh, so that's why everyone's really upset about this because Major League Baseball kind of fucking made a rule change when they said they wouldn't, uh, and they did it in a really haphazard way, mm-hmm. and now people are suffering real consequences via injury. And a lot of people aren't happy about it. Well, but thanks. offense is up around the league, so I guess they got what they wanted. But maybe <laughs> you shouldn't have fucking fucked with the baseball in the first place. And <laughs> none of this would have been necessary. <laughs> Thank you for that insight. IRL gaming during your gaming news. It's probably, um, the, it's probably the deepest dive we'll ever be able to take on this, <laughs> this segment. Yeah, uh, no, no updates on Dragon Age 4 or Mass Effect 4 at EA Play this year, according to Bioware, so that's disappointing. But speaking of Bioware, I have finished Mass Effect 2 Legendary Edition, and I have a review of said game. Uh, so Mass Effect 2 Legendary Edition <laughs> is very much the same game as the original Mass Effect 2. Uh, there were some changes that have since been changed again since i started my playthrough so they they changed carryover bonuses between games so i was able to reach level 28 i think on the new legendary progression system for mass effect one and that translated somehow to level 55 on the import. Now, I'm no was at math, but 28 <laughs> times 2 is 56, not 55. So I'm not sure quite how that that worked out there. But regardless, um, they, they changed it so it didn't really matter too much. Because I guess if you're at level 55 or above, you import as a level 4 instead of being locked to the uh, level 50 tier of import bonuses where you would import as a level 3 character. Um, mm-hmm. Initially, you would also <clears throat> receive 10% of all your accumulated credits uh, from Mass Effect 1 on import bonus. They've since capped that to $100,000, which I don't like the change to cap it because of the other change they made, which is you no longer get DLC weapons and armor from the start in Mass Effect 2. You must purchase them from vendor- vendors. Which wasn't a problem when you had, like, maxed out money in Mass Effect 1. And you had 10% of that, and money was never really an issue for you during Mass Effect 2. Whatever, I'll buy my weapons and armors. But if you're going to cap it at $100,000, now you can't, you only have to, you can only afford certain DLC weapons and armor. Which kind of sucks, because, you know, I want to use those weapons. I like those weapons, I'm comfortable with those weapons. Um, I will say they do a pretty good job of making most of the stuff available to you on the first couple worlds. You can buy a lot of it on Omega. You can buy a lot of it on the Citadel. But my personal favorite heavy pistol, the M5 Phalanx, was available on Tuchanka, which happens after Horizon, which is about a third of the way through the game. So I was unable to use my preferred weapon for a third of the game, which... Not a huge deal, but it did make me have to do missions in a different order than I would have preferred because I needed to get another fill-in weapon. I needed to get the M12 Locust. So gameplay was dictating my story, which I didn't really like. Yeah, it seems like a a no-go for for Mass Effect. Other changes that were... I mean, all the changes were pretty minor, but other things were they uh, back-imported some textures from 
Mass Effect 3. So uh, the most immediately noticeable one is uh, Kelly Chambers, who is the yeoman on the SR Normandy SR2, uses her Mass Effect 3 appearance, which I do not like as much as the Mass Effect 2 appearance. So that that's the most immediately noticeable one. Uh, obviously, everything looks a lot better. The, the HD upgrade looks really choice. There are still some textures that look kind of pixely uh, compared to the others, but what are you going to do? Um, they also added in a couple of the casual outfits, the N7 hoodie from Mass Effect 3 and the leather jacket thing are now available as choices for the casual outfits. I would have preferred if you're going to backfill in a lot of stuff from Mass Effect 3 that you go a little further with it, especially if the goal was to balance combat across the trilogy. Uh, add in tech combos. Add in more of the biotic combos from Mass Effect 3. Add in the fucking combat roles. Like, 2 mm. and 3 are similar enough where I feel it wouldn't have been that big a deal to just... Unless... Unless it would have really fucked with the balance. And I'm not saying that it would have, wouldn't have, but as a person who's played a lot of fucking Mass Effect in their day, I don't think it really would have been a big dish issue to just port in the entire fucking combat system from Mass Effect 3 and call it a goddamn day. Mm -hmm. um, they did reorganize some of the uh, levels, and I think the difficulty scaled weirdly too, because I played on hardcore. And I died, like, once my entire playthrough. And it was because I did something stupid. I didn't run into cover. Mm. Um, so it, it felt a lot easier. So I think they... Either I've improved considerably since the last time I played Mass Effect 2, which was, what, last October? Something like that. Um, or, more likely, uh, the rebalancing they did to combat areas and the fixes to the cover system made the game significantly easier, which is not necessarily a problem. Uh, not many people play Mass Effect for its super challenging gameplay. I mean, it, can, it was still challenging, yet yeah, I have skill. Um, that made it easier, but certainly to a newer player, there would still be a learning curve. Um, but overall, it's still the same Mass Effect 2 you know and love, just with some upgraded graphics, some extra... Uh, casual outfits and the the need to purchase DLC weapons and armor. Um, all the DLCs are available. Uh, unfortunately, they did not do what I wanted them to do, which was make the arrival mission trigger after the collector base mission. Uh, you get that after Horizon with all the with uh, Shadow Broker and uh, all right. the other Phase Two DLCs. Uh, but, you know, you can still save it to the end. It doesn't really make that much of a difference, but it, is, it would have been a nice flavor thing. They did say they tried to base the Legendary Edition on, you know, popular mods, and that is a very popular mod. But in in essence, it is Mass Effect 2. It just looks a lot better than ever. Um, it plays fine. I didn't encounter any uh, new bugs or glitches. Um, Mass Effect 2 is pretty polished. Uh, to begin with, so there wasn't a lot of that uh, from the start. So it's it's a nice it's a nice game. It just it's Mass Effect two, but it looks nicer for the most part. Um, Gameplay is largely unchanged. Um, it feels a little bit easier. Uh, the biggest 
the biggest area of I guess where they they rebalance things was uh, the Horizon mission where you have to defend the AA tower as the collectors attack. That is uh, one of the more notorious areas. That's where you separate the shepherds from the Verners, as they say. Yep. Um, <laughs> but that felt a lot easier uh, this time around. So uh, again, if uh, if you haven't played any of these games, I would say Legendary Edition is definitely the way to do it. It is on sale on Steam right now for 10 bucks off, so uh, go get it. I recommend everyone play the Mass Effect trilogy at least once in their lives, and uh, this is the way to do it. It's a lot easier. Everything's polished up for you. So that's Mass Effect 2. I'm about 35% of the way through Mass Effect 3. You mean you didn't finish already with that Garrus build? <laughs> I I could finish it really quick. I just haven't played a lot i've been enjoying risk of rain too and uh trying to work on my ryu and battle for the grid mm -hmm. it's coming along we're getting yeah. there i saw on smash with um what's his name kazuya yeah he's yeah, he has ridiculous. command grabs you uh, can do the you can I do mean, the hell's Bowser gate combo with him command yeah you have like but you can literally do straight up Tekken combos with him, which I mean you could do with Ryu and Ken. I'd have never played Terry, so I don't know how he plays. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, his damage is just nuts apparently and everyone's bitching about it. Wow. Um and then all the Smashers like he's hard to play because he has all these moves and I'm looking at his move list and I'm like is... Yeah, you guys do not play real fighting games. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah like I don't know, things like that I think about now that, like, bro legendary broken characters, it, it won't be, like, mem as memorable, you know? Maybe that's for the better, um, but now that they, if a character is overpowered, they just patch it. They patch it, and it's it's balanced. Yeah, that is kind of... Or, or sometimes they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's the true. capability existed to patch... Um... Ultimate like Marvel 3 for a long time, and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, so broken shit in there didn't stay fixed. I mean, they patched the... Uh, what was it? Or oh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 is probably a better example, where Elena was way too strong, and they never did a balance update on that. Because, I mean, when, by the time Ultra came out, Street Fighter 5 was right around the corner, so I guess it makes a certain amount of sense. But yeah, there aren't... There aren't as many, you know, super turbo Kumas running around or third strike Chun-Li's these days because um, certain companies. Well, I guess Potemkin from Guilty Gear Xrd was really strong and they never really went and fixed him. And Dragon Ball Fighters has an issue where they release a dlc character and they're really really strong and they take their sweet ass time rebalancing them because they want to sell the character uh, gotcha. i think that I, i've never been a big fan of the whole business model of we're gonna sell characters as dlc in fighting games because even if i don't have any interest in playing that character i have to buy that character if i want to be competitive because i have to learn the matchup Mm. Um, yeah that makes sense 
it's just kind of irritating. But they got to make money. I mean, fighting games are great for the player because, you know, you you play that, you buy that one game and you put thousands and thousands of hours into it, and you don't have to spend any additional money. But it's not so great for the developer because they put a lot of time and money into developing it, and they don't get any additional revenue. So I guess you have to come up with something. I preferred it when you would sell cosmetics because, yes, people would buy that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, But now they're trying to get more people to buy the fucking characters, which is... Mm -hmm. It is what it is. You know, video games, the the market is changing on that, and, you know, we just have to roll with it because I don't see it changing anytime soon. We all can't be, like, Magic Legends... Is, uh, Didn't that get canceled already? Or like, it's apparently closing down the permanently. Beta. <laughs> They're pulling yep. public beta October thirty first. <laughs> That's what happens when your game sucks donkey nuts. Just I remember the put... first uh, video that I seen was uh, Day Nine, who was streaming it, and uh, I mean he's probably got an amazing rig. The thing was glitching out and so laggy, and and frame rate was awful on it, like anything other than like normal straight gameplay was would make it bug out. So I did hear that it was horribly unoptimized. Yes. And now they're gonna be super well no, this will probably I don't know. I was gonna say, oh they're gonna be super gun shy about making another one because of this experience. But then again, they could have done whatever they wanted to make this MMO and they chose to go with a with a shitty Chinese online company mm-hmm. to make it Probably so, because they they offered the lowest bid, and you get what yeah. you pay for. Yeah. And so um, uh, is... it was uh, an announcement uh, posted on the game's official Twitter account. Steve Ricosa said that Magic: The Gathering RPG missed the mark, and its planned Steam and console versions are now canceled. Wham. Players who spent money on Magic Legends microtransactions will be receiving a full refund, oh, whether they paid through the Epic Game Store or Arc Launcher. Our vision for Magic Legends missed the mark, Ricosa wrote, but we are proud of what we have achieved. Thanks to Wizards of the Coast, we got to bring the expansive Magic the Gathering multiverse to a wide audience and explore new angels within the established AA <laughs> or ARPG genre. Did they misspell angle? <laughs> I, I, I don't so. know if it's the writer or if it's straight from what the guy meant, but I'm guessing he meant angles. Yeah. But then, um, I can be so your angler with, devil with um yeah angler devil yeah <laughs> but with Forgotten Realms Adventures in the Forgotten Realms they can there's a chance they could just make Baldur's Gate but reskin it as a magic game sure I I, I feel like that probably exists out there as a mod for uh, mm-hmm. something I should we should get I know the Chandelar we should get the the modernized Chandelar game Chandelar. That was the 1993 um, Super Pro, like Magic Pros or something like that. Yeah, uh, Micro Pros. That. The 1993 Micro Pros Magic PC game, where it was like, I think the Dark was the most recent set they had. And it was basically, think of like, not the story of Fallout, but kind of the vibe of Fallout, but with Magic as the battle system. Interesting. Yeah, so it was dungeon crawling. Um, you had to fight dudes, and you had their magic together in quizzes. Like they would kind of like copy protection, but not really. They're you know, if you knew your magic cards, you could just get free bonuses and shit. They're like you know, 
what's the combined power and toughness on a Sarah Angel? And you go eight, and they're like, okay, cool, here's a free Sarah Angel card. Oh, that's neat. Right, and it would be like, kind of like an intelligence check, stuff like that. And then you had to fight a wizard at the end with like a gajillion hit points, and however much damage you did to him was however many thousands of years the demon was sealed away. Oh, it was a, it was a great game. And they, I believe people modded it to have modern cards or work on modern computers. or They they basically brought it into the modern magic day. That's cool. Right. And yeah. the modern magic day has never been weirder. <laughs> oh, my God. That's true. This D&D uh, set is I'm making glad me glad Corsets excited. died for this. I, I'm sure I'm you so are happy. super excited for Jake. Yep. It's so cool. Jake. You ready to I put mean, your book of exalted deeds on a mutavolt and have an in, have a a land? No, that can dude, because you can already do it in standard on um uh should the, the 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 one land that's a shapeshifter, the snow land. No. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what the name of it is, but yeah, you can do it. It's like ah, it's like, and then the Sorry, land destruction that they have is rotating out, so it's like nobody cares. Wait, is AFR gonna be in standard? Yeah, huh? this is a standard year set. This is replacing Corset for this year. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is gonna be standard. St- these are these are standard legal black border cards, baby. Yeah. Why right. not? It's just a D twenty. It's just a chance for thing. A, time for is it Phoenix Demolish to suck? I I, I, I thought everybody's set based like around chance cards. I it's they're neat they're okay so for everybody listening um so if you don't know Magic the Gathering is uh owned by Wizards <laughs> of the Coast and they also own Dungeons and Dragons I was gonna say it's a trading they're, card game they're coming well it's gonna be online Magic Arena so uh it's technically digital it's PC um so they are coming out with a and D set um and one of the big things that they're doing is uh implementing D twenty rolls into into this um so more randomized um more chance kind of outcomes um and then also even to the point where some of them if you roll a natural one uh it'll do a negative effect like the deck of many things uh so mm-hmm. I, I like that they're implementing that i but can't I wait for some scrub to win the pro tour with a fucking luck sacky dnd deck and just roll 20s the whole fucking so tournament. You know, it's funny because Dave like made a like a, a coin flip deck and they're implementing certain abilities like here, like if you roll a D20, roll another one and take the higher that increase your odds of it. I think D20 is a better way of doing that. So then like 50 are they going like, to check your are they going to check your D20s? They're going to provide well, they should. D20s. Uh, well, they, they definitely should, because if you're going to roll. Um, or maybe a judge has to roll or provide you with a dice that's not loaded. Also, they can't be the spin down die too, because those well, aren't yeah, cause weighted. Those aren't, those aren't randomized. Yeah. It's like um, that's the yeah, other thing it's... with like spin downs. Like they've always brought spin downs with uh, magic, but they shouldn't. I, ap- I appreciate the incorporation of D and D flavor. I don't necessarily like it as a standard legal set. Or a blackboarded set. I mean, I think what what is the biggest issue? The D twenties or the? It's just it's all the randomization of it, and it doesn't really feel like. I don't know. They well, a lot of them don't feel like magic cards. If that makes any sense, they kind of mm-hmm. feel like 
they're from a different game. Yeah, if this was the the, the thing for me is it's all the problems that I had with The Walking Dead. Um and with the dice, yes, I agree that dice have always been a silver bordered thing. And in black border we have now gone from just coin flips as our only chance mechanic. Skipped over D6 all the way all up to D20 to do that. And we don't and now we can't have all those I maybe they'll put them in, but now we don't get to have stuff like Clark's other thumb or any of the dice rolling um, synergy cards from the unsets, which I now I guess now are fair game to put in. I guess so. Functional. Well, I mean, like, is those. the next? I want the next set to just be unleashed, and it's just a black border unset. <laughs> I mean, might as well go all the way with it, right? Mm-hmm. I I think they've done a pretty dang good job of of implementing the flavor of D and D. Oh, like into, absolutely. Into, into I don't the think. I don't think any of us are arguing that it isn't mm. a a good representation of D and D mechanics within Magic. No, yeah, it's they just I would have preferred work. them do something like, you know, build off of what they did in Zendikar Rising with with party and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's um, no. Party yeah, I in am. This, I am surprised. It's fucking wild. That. Well, because I. I well, I think party just wasn't one of those uh, mechanics that really took off, and I don't think offered that much. They brought good, a lot good of stuff back. <laughs> I mean, they could have added on to it, but eh, this is I'm, the problem. I'm okay with, with not a lot of these party. mechanics. They give up on too easily. Like party wasn't good because there it had no payoffs that were worth the setup. But the how you fix that is you print payoffs that are worth the setup. Yeah, sure. But I think they've they like already know. What is it? Evergreen? Uh, like they know they know ahead of time. They get a good idea of like what's not going to be an evergreen mechanic and what is. Like sure. I know uh, making Ward a uh, evergreen mechanic um, that is going to kind of replace hexproof is more along the lines of what they see the future of Magic being, which I kind mm. of understand to an extent sure um but I, yeah I, I don't know i i mean it, it just yeah, it just feels cases. like a like a mess that they set they almost <laughs> set up zendikar they set sure. it up with the party yeah. thing i felt like it they, just they slam sacrificed dunk it. a lot of i feel like they they sacrificed a lot of more interesting design space in zendikar rising to set up yeah. mechanics that could be used in the D yeah. set mm-hmm. And then they didn't use them. Also, my one, my other pet peeve with this, my pet peeve, the pettest of peeves, um, before we close this out. Uh, so there are class enchantments where you can become yeah. the barbarian class, yep. the the cleric class, and they are not tribal enchantments. If the barbarian <laughs> class was tribal enchantment, barbarian class, yeah, that would have mean- been mwah. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll say like if I had to grade them, I'm, I'm grading them like a seven out of ten. Like they're doing a really good job, but like there are some big misses. Like I didn't even think about that. The tribal enchantments, there's um, other just minor flavor misses that they definitely. The holders aren't eye creatures. Um, there's uh, the, the the equip two not having equip two is the one thing, and there's a couple other things. Um, just the the existence of plus two mace, which is. <laughs> it's literally worse than uh, Volshock Morningstar or whatever it was. 
Well, the thing is that, like, also, like, the it's plus like two aspect... With a quick like, three. Like, like, it should have been an enchantment, because that's what you do to, like, weaponry. You can just have a enchantment on a weapon, uh, and that makes it, like, a plus two or a plus one mace or something like that. And that's the enchantment aspect of it. So it should be, like, an artifact enchantment um, mm-hmm. that has, like, a, a quip two or something like that, or fuck it, I don't know, maybe even bestow or do or, or do runes, something like a, the runes that they put in Caldheim? Yeah, yes, yeah. I was gonna say like either either do that or like have like an enchant artifact or something like that where you make it a plus two and so you didn't have to like equip it. That would have been awesome. Like yeah. a, like have be a plus two mace or whatever, and then have yeah, it be exactly. enchant artifact, and then all it is plus two. If you want to make it white because it's enchantment, so be it. And then exactly. yeah, I, there there there's a couple flavor misses for sure, but like I like a lot of the stuff, uh, the the dragons, the the, the some dungeons. of the, the the dungeons, well the dungeon. <laughs> Speaking, of, we we talk about dungeons, but there are dungeons in this, and it's uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how the venture mechanic is really gonna it's gonna uh, be interesting play out. Is that a sideboard card? Is it just something that's there that you have in your pockets that you yeah, put out? It's, it's always you... going to be there. Uh, is it even worth it? I mean, some of it's like not like it's a scry one or two that you got to like really set up, and uh, it, it might not be worth the payouts that like a normal creature that would like ETB to do something or have a reoccurring effect that normally would happen. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the set's not all out yet. I think we got like a hundred or so more cards left to to look I at. I will say I like the art of a lot of the basic lands, <laughs> where they put the the flavor text on, and I do like the skill check spells. Right where the you come to a river, you encounter yeah. a guard. Those are oh nice. yeah yeah I I like a lot of those. I, I don't know what I would call them. Somebody's got to come up with a good name for them, but they're like, a skill check is, is a pretty good one, um, where it's like, it's things that you would say if you were in a D&D campaign. Like, what would you say? Oh, you um, you know, you come across a, a, a pack of bandits or whatever, and then you have to make a decision, one or the other. It's no different than, like, the other choice cards that we've had that, like, choose one or the other. Um, and those oftentimes get a lot of play. I mean, in standard right now, those Strixhaven, um, the 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 school cards, or the house cards, are getting mm-hmm. a lot of play because they're people love low cost choice uh, mechanics that you can um, do a bunch of different stuff with. I mean, commands are. So they're yeah. just really good cards. Does yeah. Tiamat make sense as five color? I'm not big. Does Tiamat make sense as a creature yes. and not yeah. a planeswalker? Tiamat should definitely be a planeswalker, I feel like. Um and there are people have been like clamoring for like more of a like, planeswalker type card. They they wanted that instead of like a creature. Because Do he we is have like, a the five god color of dragons. Planeswalker? Say again? Do we have a five color planeswalker? I don't think so. That would have been a good opportunity. Yeah, it it really would have been. I think it would have been cool. But people, yeah. they want Tiamat so that they can have something to combat the five-headed dragon from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, uh, Tiamat I think makes sense. I, I have to look back and see. 
I think it's just like what Dragon Tribal is that what it was or something like that? Uh, yeah, you can search up the five yeah. dragons not named okay. Tiamat. Like it's good. I don't even. I mean, maybe it goes in Ur Dragon. Because I'm I'm pretty sure I think some of the abilities of Tiamat is like he has the abilities of each of the five uh, colored dragons, which is like acid, fire, lightning, frost. Yeah, I poison, think I think the frost. idea is that you cast Tiamat and you search the other five dragons. Yeah. Um, but that's very expensive and not like that great. Yeah, yeah. It it's a it's a flavorful card. It's, it's I I like some of it. Um, still waiting on Vecna. There's a couple other things that uh we're we're waiting on that could be pretty interesting. Um, it's, in terms of like power level, I could see maybe these enchantment cards being okay, but uh, it seems like some of the really powerful decks have been like the. Uh, emergent ultimatums, the Saltiorian decks where you flicker enchantments out, get some good value, counter some shit until you get to seven mana, then you slap down emergent ultimatum and uh, break out Vorinclex and uh, um, shit. What's the, yep. what's the guy's name? Tybalt. So you can ultimate them right away. That that seems to be the game breaking ones. I don't know if there's any counters to that in this set unless we have like a really good counter counter, or like some really good like like payoffs i don't know maybe there's a something that can turn off a planeswalker i don't know that who knows we'll see i'm excited yeah i mean like a lot of the cards are neat like i said i'm just i would play i'm generally not a big fan of chance mechanics in general and uh you're introducing a lot of that into the game here yeah jake i would that's really that's my major misgiving play some sealed weapon with you sure if if there's any available sometime if only if only there was a i wonder if we could set that up on tabletop simulator there's spell table i suppose there's spell table yeah Sure, we can do something like that figure that out special stream or something Uh, like that uh, special source so the know. reason I let this magic conversation go on so long is I really don't want to talk about America in a motion picture. Well, it's okay if we don't talk about it too long because I'm okay with that. But Pete seemed to like the heck out of it. So Pete, what would you like about it? That is not true. <laughs> Pete I did loved not this like movie. The heck I love this movie, Peter Hoskins, 2021. <laughs> I mean that could be a good that could be a true quote. We're not necessarily attributing it allegedly, to this movie. Allegedly. But we're, we're not not attributing it to this movie. Um well it was as stupid as I thought it was gonna be. Um I did not have any I don't think any of us had any aspirations that this movie was going to be something worthwhile. We came into this being like, Alright, we gotta get we gotta get it over with. We gotta watch it. And I was sitting here, like, Thursday night. I was like, ah, just, let's just put it on and get it over with. Um, and it was immensely stupid. Um, but I I can find myself laughing at immensely stupid things. Um, and I went for it. And around, so the first, like, the first, like, before they started getting the team together, I was like, okay, okay, I can, I got a chuckle, I got a chortle. Got Chublet, and then they then they started introducing the characters. I'm like, oh, oh, here comes second act, and there goes my laughs. And they it took a while to pull it back 
to like the end when there was a couple more. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was good. Um, and then I was like, okay, it's over. Mostly, I think most of the character I laughed the most at was um, frat boy Paul Revere. Not Paul Revere, uh, uh, Sam, Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, As Jason Manzoukas' fucking... his delivery is good. Uh, the, I mean... The writing was just really bad. <laughs> yeah, I man, I some of these jokes were just like they just I sounded said like some shit that you would find on like a it's like a Family like a Guy com, amateur comedy hour. Like mm-hmm. get up and just read from a from a script of like pre written jokes, like not even like improv improv impromptu jokes. Um. I, I was just like, mm, yes. haha, um, like, I, I see the comedy, but I don't. I told Kurt that um, it had big abridged series energy. Where it was just like some some internet folks just made some shit up. Yeah. And I laughed at that the same as I laughed at like the first couple episodes of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Uh, where there's just like one thing I'll be like, eh, eh, eh. Like that one, and then the, then some of it gets a little tedious. Yeah, I feel like the biggest problem. Well, there are a lot of problems, and it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one big one. But um, this is inevitably going to draw a lot of comparisons to Team America: World Police. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that movie. Say what you will about it, had a point it was trying to make about how America is the biggest asshole and meddles in everyone else's business um, for no real good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what this movie was trying to make a point. It seemed to think that just making a reference to something was enough like, for it to right. be a joke. Like purely like uh, the guy when he like became RoboCop horse thing with Clyde. Certain things were like really drawn out. <laughs> like I felt like we didn't need to see the horse uh, die and get brought to like this person's place just to like have a name drop. And then them like dwell on the fact that they're going to bring this horse back to life somehow. So... Just for yeah. a flimsy RoboCop reference, I, I, like when they I did laugh. Geronimo with the A Team fucking intro. Yeah. Oh, I, speaking I, of Geronimo, continuously calling him Chief Geronimo, and then him just having to correct them and say just Geronimo, got old after the second time. There was a lot of those where they just like it's guys repetition. It's funny if we keep saying the same joke. It's the totally joke funny works the first time. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so I just like the blatantly like how fucking stupid some of the lines are. Like like you said, with the with the horse. So I guess I guess spoilers. Things happen in this movie. Um, so Paul Revere's fucking horse gets blowed up and it's like headless horse. And just the the audacity, like the. The sheer stupidity of the lady saying, oh, nanotechnology can only do so much. There's no replacement for human flesh. I was just, I fucking like, oh my God, I can't believe they actually fucking put that in there. 
Yeah, it's this is it's really bad. Like I I I powered through the movie because I had to, but I'll be perfectly honest with you. I I was playing Griftlands on my Switch for most of the movie and was paying mm. half attention. I didn't really feel like I missed a whole lot of anything. Uh, also, movie gets like two stars knocked off right off the bat for having Olivia Munn in the cast. That was, yeah, that was a weird part for me. Like, I don't know where they were going with that. I know that that was the point around the movie where I'm like, I don't I don't know about all this now. It, it almost feels like they were going for like a meta joke about how they'll take a character and like a historical reenactment and just like totally gender flip or change their whole character around like if if that's what they were trying to do and like they were trying to be like oh haha hamilton did it why can't we and it's like that might have been good if they know. made that joke I, I don't i don't know yeah if, if you make a joke and also just you're pulling from a lot of different periods of history also Channing Tatum is george just, washington I, I thought he was probably he was the best part yeah. of the movie sure him, him and jason manzoukas yeah and it's not not a high bar to clear here but he wasn't he didn't actively <laughs> make me hate him yeah i think i think the bet if they wanted to get like you know as part of the crew like have a female character you could i think you could improve upon it by both taking Thomas Edison out and Chief Geronimo out and replacing them with Sacagawea. Because I was thinking about this after. I'm like, I remember Chief Geronimo, I remember Geronimo for his name being Geronimo. I don't remember what the fuck he did. You know what's, I do know who I do remember is Sacagawea, who did the fucking hard carry for Lewis and Clark across the entire Louisiana Purchase. Huh? Squanto would have been a good choice. Yup. Um, Hiawatha, that might be a New York cut, but that one's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, for women, you could have had Betsy Ross would have been a good one. Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart. Who was the the Susan the B. Civil Anthony? War. Oh yeah. Then you could um, get then you could get an old lady. Yeah. You make old lady jokes. <laughs> uh, girls. I'm really sad they didn't do a DC. Um, uh, Batman v Superman Martha joke like like George Washington he's like he's about to kill him. and then Paul Revere's like Martha Martha where have I heard that name that would have been a little more clever than this movie mm-hmm. yeah right to, and so right to the do. other thing about um, the Thomas Edison character played by Olivia Munn is that besides the joke of Oh, t- now Chan Sedison is a, a Chinese woman. Um, her joke was that she says science a lot. They pulled that one right out of Star Trek Discovery. And like, my God. She's just not a, in addition to being not a very likable person, she's just not a good actress. The delivery on the lines was just so flat and emotionless mm-hmm. all the time. Like actively, and not in a straight man kind of way. Like, like yeah, they tried to give her jokes, 
they were not delivered as jokes. I mean, that, part of that could have been the bad writing, but she did not elevate it in the same way that Channing Tatum was able to elevate some of the shittier material that he had as George Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did manage to leave in, like... See, now, there's a lot of fucking jokes you can make about Thomas Edison because, like, he's kind of a shithead. And there's a lot you can pin on him about being just, like, a tech he's he was basically a tech bro during the industrial revolution like he had his own little workhouse yeah. where he's like everyone's gonna make inventions but i'm gonna take credit for him fuck you tesla you're an asshole i'm gonna kill an elephant with your power which they referenced that was a that was a weird deep cut that they referenced the fact that tom that thomas edison electrocuted an elephant um i mean i think just as like a dick measuring contest for... kind of move so but they didn't, um, didn't like do anything of that. I've been I've been trying to look up just like some minor stuff that like may have been like the best moments because I, I honestly I don't remember the stuff that I found funny. There are like minor things here and there. Much. But I like I mean, so, Freebird as the national I, anthem. I kind of chuckle that. Mm-hmm. Mr. Um, Smith, like his him as a character was fine because he was chan because Killer Mike was channeling that kind of Dave Chappelle energy. Of like, I'm just gonna pull one over on all the whiteies. Yeah. And then he was John Henry Smith at the end. I'm like, thank God, because if you fucking miss that, I don't know, even know what you're doing. Yeah, the, I, I think some of the best moments and uh, some of the hate that this has been getting is like, again, like the Olivia Munn thing is like, wh- why, why, why gender bend Thomas Edison? Like, and also, why not get an actual Chinese American actress to to play him, uh, play her? Like I, I like why why do some of these things? Is is they, a they question I ask myself a lot. Put that in the movie. Why they did it like that? You could have why yeah you know, why were they a doing tongue in cheek reference? Sure, and they had that a couple times. I mean, they Maybe. had they had like there was the first one in the dream sequence where he was like, oh yeah, we were gonna pay for a uh, uh, a, a awesome dream sequence where and he, he holds up Hydra, the thing but... with the America, the impossible dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but then there shit. were like. But then they were like, okay, well, we, we put the budget towards uh, better stuff. Like, in 30 minutes from now, there'll be a big action scene. And I was like, okay, that's kind of neat. But, but then it happened. Uh, another big action scene happened, and you're like, that, this this is where all the money went? Yeah. Even yeah look, that they was didn't like, Avengers so, move. So. <laughs> they didn't Avengers move. Um, honestly, I thought that, that last battle was could have been a little bit better, but... Yeah, it was just awesome. references. Like all this movie's humor was is I will make a reference to something that's either a historical event or another movie. Yeah. And yeah. then that's that's my joke. I mean the entire Laugh British place. thing was all like um uh you they know, sound Star Wars British reference. guys. Isn't it funny? It was the uh, Star Wars reference, and it was, you know, I don't, like, shit, like, why is Benedict Arnold a werewolf? I don't understand, like. (laughs) That's true, they never did explain that. They never, I mean. Was it a Werewolves of London joke? Was that what they were going for? I don't think so. I, I, that would have been far too clever for Was it a Skinwalker joke? I don't, I just don't don't get it. Yeah, Skinwalker too. Honestly, I think the only, well, actually that had nothing to do with the werewolf. I was going to say the only reason was so they could do that fucking gay bit with uh, Abraham Lincoln in the beginning. Yeah. Um, Like. But no, I think the only reason they did it is because they're like, oh, isn't it funny if he's a werewolf? 
Are we going to make any jokes about that? No, he's just going to be a werewolf. It's going to be funny. People are going to laugh. They, dro- they dropped it halfway through like, writing. Even if you yeah. fucking copy from, like, uh, what we do in the shadows and just be like, hey, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Like, I'll even take that. I'll Like, I'm grasping at fucking crumbs here. I want just any sort of joke that'll make me go more I mean, than like, one second of, like, <laughs> I feel like this could have been, like, you could have done something that would have been funny with this premise. Um, even with a lot of the more questionable decisions, I feel like there there was a way you could have written this that would have made it funny. Also, but, I think um, I think they were very they were tiptoeing on like how offensive do we go? Um, can how how mm. offensive can we go? And <laughs> speaking, I of feel like team, they team they America. really. Yeah, I feel like they tiptoed on it, and they really like got like close, but didn't go too too far. And oh, I, yeah, they... I'm almost wondering if like they should have gone over the line because it was so absurdist, and that would have like yeah. been okay. Like you said, Team America, those guys are not afraid to just just nope. sling shit in whatever direction. No, yeah. Like, uh, you don't care. You'll watch it anyway, fuckers. I wonder if it might have been like a Netflix thing if they like they, you know, throttled it back cuz I feel like Jason Menzukis really dialed back his what he could have said. I mean, yeah. you're talking about Sam Adams being probably frat you know, boy pro- one racist. of the most racist uh like like not I'm not talking about historical figure but like in the, in the show he was like a frat boy racist like piece of shit. And mm. he only was that for like I don't know a handful of times, and the most offensive shit that he did was maybe, uh, you know, misidentify what uh, tribe Geronimo was from, and just thought it was Sasquatch. It's like, haha, we get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made a it couple other it, jokes about what's wrong with your skin when they saw Thomas Edison, but it was really yeah. weak. And like the the way the fucking characters of color played it up like he was this like raving bigot did not match the lines yeah. at all they, they exactly yeah because they kept on calling of... him a racist piece of shit and yeah. he's like oh there's no only one racist here and he points to clyde and uh whatever that guy's name was which i thought was actually paul funny. Revere. that was a cute little paul Revere, play yeah. joke oh I, I thought that was cool and yeah. i was like yeah Don't... he's a racist he's a racer <laughs> also <laughs> like, is yeah. clyde's joke aren't it's funny it's ugly people are funny <laughs> did you okay, know ugly right. people are Let's, funny i feel like i need to clarify clyde is the horse yes clyde is the horse yeah. paul revere, paul is, the revere rider. is bobby Moynihan, who who wears armor it's i think part of, i think they're trying to go for a vibe of like if we just do absurd shit and then just leave it on the table with no explanation that was that was their whole yes that was their whole writing yeah. process but it doesn't work. You can't just have wacky shit for the sake of having wacky shit and then that be your only joke. You actually still need to have some wit in there. But they also didn't do it for, like, every character. Like, I think of Paul Revere. Like, how crazy is it that he's wearing a suit of fucking armor riding a Clydesdale? But then, like, Geronimo's just, like, a, a native. You know, and, and mm-hmm. blacksmith, uh, John John Smith is just a, a blacksmith. <laughs> Like yeah, they like they could have like why didn't they do that with everybody, or none of them? 
don't do it with anybody or do it with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just you're you're dabbling and it's they didn't not, know what they wanted do to do something with the concept. Like have there be a joke that n- depends on him wearing armor and like I don't yeah. count him being RoboCop at the end as being dependent on him wearing armor because yeah. maybe maybe mm-hmm. he's short maybe he's like really short and there's stilts under the armor or something like that or you know maybe or he's like skinnier like have a payoff fuck- to the joke of the armor you want a fucking america joke right here so at the, the end of the movie when they're raining beer on everyone because that'll that'll de-britishify him right even though lager's a thing don't don't worry about that <laughs> british it's not like british lager is one of classic a classic beverage. Um, yeah, what if true. you had it like where where he's like it's not he's like undercover or something and it's not coming down and they're they're British coming towards him and he's like he does some action movie one liner and his RoboCop chest opens up and it's fucking Budweiser because <laughs> of the fucking Clydesdales and he pulls out the Budweiser and he does a cool action thing or like there's another horse inside his armor that he's on its shoulders yeah, yeah a little tiny horse like, or that inside. he is a horse under the armor or something <laughs> yes, stupid like horse. that <laughs> yeah like cuz the whole joke was that Paul Revere was about was a, with friends of horses and he only had horse friends it's like it's like you play on that but like you only did it for like 5 seconds and then a couple throwbacks to how he only has horse friends um i did like the fact that you know at the end Clyde was the one kicking at him to go away go on get go on get you know yeah i mean like but that was another thing where it's like it's just a completely out of context reference shoehorned in there to try to draw a laugh but it it didn't or shoot in there yeah Yeah. um (laughs) loggers are actually from germany not britain oh i see i've always associated them with britain I actually associate them with America more than anywhere else because of Sam Adams, ironically, and their Boston That's lager. Um, but, yeah, um, it's also a short I guess movie now too. I associate Britons with fucking. Apparently, all of Europe associates them with like Stella. That's like their version of like Natty Daddy. Isn't Stella French? For us, it's a little more upscale, but like in Britain, that is what the 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 soccer hooligans drink. When they yeah. when they get drunk, I mean, like when you go over to Europe, depending upon the country you're in, like a lot of fancy beers here, like they're domestic, they're not imports, so they don't have mm-hmm. this reputation of being fancy. And it's really funny to see like Budweiser as a foreign beer at the bar <laughs> with an upcharge associated with it. Yep. Here, have this rice beer. Mm. That was yeah. That was my experience at pubs in Ireland. It's like, why the fuck am I going to pay more for Budweiser than Guinness? It's, no, it's not happening. Get that the pint of here. the black stuff, please. So yeah, um, it um, lack of lack of some cuts, cutting jabs in America, which it. I mean, everyone they're, they're could basically, get in on. Their only jab was, oh yeah, the founding fathers were all white. Well, then there was that ending at the very scene, end. At the very end, where they just laid into it, and I, I was guess, like, "Okay, this again is the worst thesis statement." With, like historical, like there was a contingent mm-hmm. of the founding fathers who, when drafting the Constitution, wanted to outlaw slavery. 
they couldn't get the support of the southern colonies. Oh, also, they made a fucking like was three. Based on they slavery. made a three fifth joke about Geronimo's arm, which th- that one swing did- and a miss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm not I expecting historical accuracy, but if you actually make jokes that are within a correct historical context, they're fucking funnier. Mm-hmm. Like. Your whole joke of being, oh, we don't know history. That wears thin really fucking quick. You can only do that a couple times before it's like, okay, this is just dumb. Yeah, yeah. that is that is the one joke that cannot be, that cannot carry your whole movie. Or if it is, it has to carry other jokes wherein you do know history. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. You don't. The thing about something like drunk history that makes mm-hmm. it funny is because even if like the details get scrambled because they're all shit-faced trying to tell you this historical fact, there's an underlying sense that they know the history of what they're talking about. Yeah. You don't get that sense in this movie. I, I almost think that would have made it funnier if they put a comedic twist on oh, like, 100%. a percent. It would have made event. it funnier. 100%. You know, that, I, even if they, like, I don't know, even if they made... Get like half fake with like maybe okay what if like take the premise what if the british did stop the signing of the declaration of independence and then go from there on it but like make it historically accurate with the people who are there in that situation and Mm -hmm. then you know build off that instead of just taking people from different points of history and putting them together and seeing how they would interact in a fictional world Mm mm-hmm you want to know, like, even though this is not top-tier cinema, one place where it was almost done better was fucking Shanghai Noon. Now, some people might consider the ana- the anachronism jokes a little forced, but, like, it was still, like, broadly entertaining. Oh, like, the oh, Shanghai they met Noon Charlie worked. Chaplin. Look, there he is. They taught... Jackie Chan taught Charlie Chaplin how to do his... Or uh, Buster Keaton how to do his stunts. Wow. Yeah, you there's, know there's countless examples of like that in movies where, you know, like Back to the Future, where Martin mm-hmm. McFly, mm-hmm. you know, inspired Chuck Berry with his own song. <laughs> Which is almost funnier on, on like, re-invent, like, re- <laughs> Um, people get mad at that because they think it's like whitewashing, but it's like no. Well, that was Chuck the John Berry Mulaney joke, right? This, yeah, like, but it's stupid because Chuck Berry still had written the song. Like Marty learned it from Chuck. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> like, it, it, your whole, I understand it's cool to be mad at fucking that shit these days, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. I, Fucking! I got nothing else to say about That's this. That's all I got to trash say about fire. it. Uh, don't watch it. Don't even waste don't your time. Don't, don't watch it. It's, you can pass it. It's only ninety-eight minutes, but goddamn it, you want, it's the longest. I don't think you needed us to tell life. you that, but yeah. Um, I mean, we watched it for you, and it's not even like so bad. It's good. Uh, there's nothing worse than an unfunny comedy. Mm-hmm. Tune in next week for our review of Queer Force. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Is that even out next week? I uh, know. I don't think so. Not even out for Pride Month. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, it seems like a nice Actually, opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me see right. if it's out. No. Nope. 
All righty. Well, we'll America's over. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the fourth America's birthday. Uh, read an actual fucking book about history, uh, especially the revolutionary mm-hmm. period. It's a very interesting time in this country's history. Go, go watch Liberty's Kids. That's actually a rather educational show. They do yeah. a good job with that. Um, I grew up in Saratoga County, where the Battle of Saratoga happened, which was a very important mm-hmm. battle in the history of the American Revolution. So that was a big deal in our schools. Yep. Learned a lot I, about the revolution. Yep. I grew uh, up in the middle of New York where we learned about the Iroquois Confederacy, which was one of the large influences on the, the American Republic. We copied it exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, there's a lot to read about. I mean, it's a good system. Like, there's I, a I reason they, so. they drafted it based on that. Like, it worked really they well. They literally for ended an intergenerational <laughs> war with that shit. Yeah, uh, learn, learn some American history because it's pretty pretty neat. Um, enjoy, happy Fourth of July, everyone. Uh, you know, stay safe if the heat's still slamming you out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Please, no fireworks if your state says no fireworks. If it's too dry, don't hold fireworks in your hands. Um, <laughs> don't be. What was it? Was it Justin Tuck who lost like three of his fingers? Oh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like the year they legalized fireworks in New York, a player on the Giants blows off Jesus half his hand. Right. <laughs> well, now we can get a robot hand. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll think about a stream tonight. I'm not going to guarantee it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Twitch TV backslash Sound Studs is the place to go. If it happens, it'll happen at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um,. And until next time, be well, stay safe, party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.